Welcome to Watch Therefore. Our Savior Jesus told us to watch for His coming, and the signs that He spoke of are all around us, shouting, Watch Therefore, and be ready. So join me, Dove Schwartz, as we learn to watch and prepare for the coming of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. We are the only ones with the answer. We don't have an answer. We have the answer. You need to get saved by Jesus. You've sinned against God desperately. We all have. Guilty, but forgiven. You need to get saved. You need to get forgiven. Jesus died on the cross for your sins. He was buried and on the third day rose again. It was your sin and my sin that he came to die for. And he'll give you a new heart. And he'll give you a new mind. And he'll give you a new life. Listen, I was sitting on a plane. British Airways plane. British Airways. I was sitting next to John. John didn't know his name was in the Bible. If he did, I, I, I don't think that he did. Because there's other. I asked him a bunch of questions that I thought... You know, I, I think about England. I think about the Wesleys and Spurgeon and all these incredible preachers and pastors and revivals that happened in England and all that. And, and, and John didn't know any of, that, any of that. And I said, John, how's it going in England? How do you feel about the future of the UK? Is, are things getting better? He said, everybody has a feeling something really bad is about to happen. Do you know something? Most Christians don't know that. John knows it. He's lost as he can be. Lost as he can be. But he knows how bad it's going to get. He has an idea that it's going to get bad. He doesn't really know how bad it's going to get. And most believers in Jesus are on this religious gerbil's wheel of deception and darkness and religion that is not much good for them or anybody else. What will change all that? It's already been poured out. He has already been poured out. Pentecost, Shavuot, right here available for us now is what we need to flip the switch and to walk out of this place prophesying. I wouldn't let my son go to youth groups in church. Why? Because they were so dark and ungodly. Now, I'm not, if you're listening on the radio, you may go to a church that has a wonderful, and you may have experiences with wonderful youth groups. That wasn't my experience. And they're getting, the wonderful, great, godly youth groups that I know are out there are fewer and farther between than they used to be. And I told my son, I said, son, it doesn't matter to me if everyone in this whole world goes 10 kinds of crazy. It's not going to happen to you. How? Why? Because I'm going to make sure of it. I like what John Peake said to me last night. He said, if it ain't working at home, don't export it. I had to kind of say, ouch, because I start, you know, you start thinking and taking a little inventory, you know, when you hear stuff like that, right? And you may have, listen, this is not a message of condemnation at all. And you may look back and say, I've blown it, or I've had this problem or struggle, and I didn't deal with it right. Well, welcome to the club. Today's Pentecost. What's the message of Pentecost? Is it you killed Jesus? No. Is it God the Father killed Jesus for you? And yes, you sinned, and your sin killed Jesus too. But it was God's plan. And his plan is to restore His plan is to bless. As bad as hell will be, and it will be bad forever, I believe heaven is going to be so much better. And I believe there is an access right now to things that have never been accessible in terms of grace and mercy. Why? Because sin is abounding right now. And where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. 
I believe that. I believe that this is going to be our finest hour. I, I, I'm, I'm experiencing Yeshua. I'm experiencing Pentecost in Israel right now. And I don't have time to tell you how it's freaking me out. I, I am so, I'm getting to do things I've been praying about for 20 years. I'm getting to experience Yeshua. There is such a thin veil between the, uh, the, the, the reality of who he is and what's going on up there and what he's doing with me in my life here. The veil is getting thinner by the second. And it's so cool. Come on. This is Pentecost. This is Shavuot. King Jesus is coming, man. We're, we know. They, they, they thought we may be getting ready for these things. We know that they are. You have a more pro, sure prophetic word that you do. Peter and James and John, they saw the Lord transfigured right in front of them. They saw a glimpse, a greater glimpse of his glory. And Peter said this, we saw him, but you have a more sure prophetic word of God, which you do well to heed. And everything, like my friend John McTurnan said, he said, think of a guy who works in a nuclear plant and his job is to make sure that if anything bad happens, things start melting down and all that, that he starts taking the necessary steps to make sure that place doesn't go boom and kill everybody for how many square miles, right? But the problem is that guy's got earphones on and he's listening to a ball game and everything in the place is spiking in the red. Wow, he's on second. Wow, he stole third. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? That's what the believers in Jesus in this generation are like as it pertains to Bible prophecy. Everything is in the red. Everything is screaming out, King Jesus. Everything is screaming out, it's going to get bad real fast. And, 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 um, and the rapture is coming any moment. And listen, I'm sorry. If you have a doctrine that says Jesus can't come for me today, you can kind of keep it. I, don't, I can't believe it. Now, you might be pre, mid, post. I don't care. I don't, it's not, I'm not going to have that discussion or argument with you. But if you believe that Jesus can't come for me today... He told me, me, because I read it in here, watch therefore for you don't know the hour of the day of the coming of the Son of Man and be ready. And the, That's the faithful. And the wicked servant says, my master is delaying his coming. I can't, I can't do that. So I have to watch for the master to come and I have to be ready. And I don't want to get into a theological discussion of eschatology with you about it. I just want to be ready. And with many other words, he testified in exhorting them, See, I've had so many other words today, haven't I? Hallelujah. Many other, with many other words, he testifies, testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Be saved from the... If it was perverse then, what's it like now? Our president has a really difficult situation on his hands. Why? Our president, the president of the United States of America has been telling us for all this time how important it is to support those who are precious souls, sadly, who are uh, enslaved and, and deceived by the sin of homosexuality. And so he's really been exalting them to a, a, this special place. What do you mean? Well, this is, in America, by presidential pro- proclamation, Homosexual Month, to celebrate homosexuality. But at the same time, he's been telling us Islam is a peaceful religion, And the greatest terrorist attack since 9-11 in modern-day history mass shooting has been the people he's telling us to have a peaceful religion have killed the people caught up in that sin. I don't know what he's going to do. I think what he's going to do is tell us the problem's gun gun control and that the Christians hate. So let me draw a distinction now. Where Muslims obey Sharia law 
to kill precious souls who are caught up in the deception and sin of homosexuality. The last thing that a believer in Jesus wants is for one of them to die. The last thing I wanted was for anyone in that bar in Orlando to die. The last thing I want anyone who hasn't received Jesus yet to do is die. Because I know what I deserved before I met Jesus had I died. So there's a distinction between what we believe and what Islam believes. Where they would commission people in obedience to their tenets of their faith to kill homosexuals. We would say, take my life, not his. Because I know where I'm going. But this is a perverse generation. You want to know what's going on today in terms of all this stuff? Psalm 12, 8. Wickedness prowls on every side when vileness is exalted among the sons of men. That's what's going on. The wicked prowl on every side when vileness is exalted. When good is called evil and evil is called good. That's what's going on. Then those who gladly received this word, hallelujah, were baptized. And that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. That's good stuff, man. If you don't get real excited about people getting saved by Jesus, you need to celebrate and embrace Shavuot, Pentecost. Do you care what goes on from heaven's perspective? When one sinner repents, angels rejoice in heaven. What was it like when 3,000 of them did? And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Wow. See, see, filled with the Holy Spirit, people share the gospel in such a powerful way that people get saved. And then they, they get saved and, uh, and, and they get baptized and they, they, they continue in, in the word of God and they want to be around each other. See, we're supposed to come to church... Because we want to be around each other who are excited about Jesus. But like 80% of people in church aren't. When, I, when I, we came to the Lord, we, we got around, we were in this church where like, there was like 600 people there, but 100 of them were like on fire. And in the mid-90s, there was kind of a semi-mini Jesus movement. That kind of, there's a lot of people who got saved in the mid-90s. Okay? And so we were in our 30s, we had little kids, and we had like, I don't know, like 100 people who had... Little kids, and they were in their 20s to 30s. And we like hung out. Okay, whose house are we meeting at tomorrow? Right? And so we hung out there. And that was the first congregation I'd been at as an adult. Right? So the Lord called us out there. And I thought, wow, the next one's going to be just like, okay, we're going to do this again. We couldn't find those 100 people. (laughs) We really had trouble finding those 100 people. But when you're around people who love Yeshua and are excited about him, called living you know in Israel where we are it's like not cool to be a follower of Jesus and be Jewish it's just not cool at all as a matter of fact it's really looked down to, down upon frowned upon right and so there's a price to pay I'm so glad I'm so glad I'm so glad to be around. I mean, there's so many of them that just love the Lord. And they're just like, my son is blossoming. Right in front of me, he's just catching fire. Why? Because he's around like 15 to 20 people his age that are on fire. They write songs in the Judean desert together. I just wrote a song today, Dad. I'm like, who are you and what have you done with my son? And I don't want him back. (laughs) You know? He's just catching fire right in front of me. 
And, and days that I'm not, it's like convicting to me. It's very cool. And, uh, and, 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 when, you, and when we meet in the congregation at Kehilat HaKarmel, I'm a, which is a Pentecostal congregation, a, a Messianic congregation, heaven comes down. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now, all who believed were together and had... Well, I'm going to stop there for a second. Why is it that people believe signs and wonders happened back there, and signs and wonders are going to happen up here, but they can't happen where we are today in time? They sure do. Signs and wonders are happening all over the world today. Um, there, there were two orphans that had... We, we had 100 orphans. We were testing for HIV, and... Their parents, many of them, had died of HIV of AIDS, so we figured half of them would be. We were told half of them would be, would have HIV. We got to the 90th one or so, and none of them had it, and we're like, and then they then two tested positive, and a, a Southern Baptist deacon and I grabbed each other by the hand, and been crying out for healing and forgive and mercy for these children, mercy, Lord, and, for, and 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 healing. Oh God, have mercy on them. They they did the second HIV test; it was negative, and the third HIV test; it was negative. I've seen and watched. There was a there was a lady, there was a lady who was. Uh, it was a place where Rwandans, uh, these widows, they were there, and uh, they had been brutalized by attackers in ways I can't talk about. And they were there just convalescing. They'll stay there the rest of their lives. And this pastor came all the way from Kenya in a in a van with twenty one other people that fits fifteen people, like this. He sat in that thing for twenty hours to get to us baptizing people in, in a river with, with crocodiles and snakes. Pastor, would you like to baptize? He said to me, and I said, Paul said I came not to baptize. So anyhow, so any, so, so any, anyhow um, but we were at this place where these widows were, and, and uh, I was sitting in a chair here, and the Spirit of the Lord began giving me that verse. There's power present to heal. There's power present to heal that Jesus uh, in the word, when he was getting ready to heal the, where the Pharisees were there, and, and there was power present to heal, and he healed someone. And I said, and he kept saying it to me. And I said, I believe you, Lord, there's, there's power present to heal. And that pastor walked up to the front, and he said, I want widows to please come forward. I'm going to pray for healing. And the Lord's sitting there telling me there's power present to heal. And he looks at me. It's such a setup. And he says, Brother, would you come and pray for these widows? There's a widow standing there that had a big nasty growth on her hand. I don't know what it was. And she was standing here like this. And I walked up and grabbed that thing and started praying. And I don't know if that thing was moving or it was just her wrist moving or what the deal was, but it was starting to freak me out. And, um, and, and so I, I just started praying for her. I, I walked over. I mean, you can imagine someone has a growth on there. You've got to be a little sensitive. I didn't. I just walked up and went like that. Because I knew that's what that was, was, was what the Lord was doing, and I began to pray for healing for her. And I just went and sat down, and I was going. And the pastor said this. He said, "Has anyone been healed right now?" And she goes, "I haven't opened this hand in five years. I haven't opened this hand in five years. I haven't opened this hand in five years." There's people being raised from the dead. There are people standing up out of wheelchairs and holding them over their heads in uh, Reinhard Bonnke. Uh, meetings where there's um, there's there's meetings of his that he did in Africa. I've got them on video where there's people. You know the population of Cincinnati, Ohio is probably about a million people. There's the population of Cincinnati, Ohio at this meeting, and they're dancing with wheelchairs over their heads. There's signs and wonders bursting out all over the place, but they're in places where. Well, why don't you see that here? Pride, pride. Those people have been broken and humbled by, by war and famine. They, 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 they're thankful they had breakfast because they don't know what they're going to have for lunch. 
They don't have insurance. He's their insurance. They're humble. They're broken from AIDS and famine and poverty. And what do I do next, Lord? Because I don't know what to do to, to keep my family from getting murdered in this genocide and stuff like that. And the Lord meets them right there. There's a pool of grace and mercy around them. But with the arrogance and the pride that's pervasive in the body today here in this country, that's why we haven't seen that here. Why don't we see that here? That's why. Pride. God's afar off from the proud, but He draws near to the humble. And I've seen Him do it. And so I know He's doing that today. Why would, why, why would He do that then? He doesn't do it now and He'll do it later. No, it's because we have accepted the deadness and the absence of the Holy Spirit and we've wrapped doctrines around it to make it okay. That's what happened. They're not God's doctrines, I don't believe. I believe they're the doctrines of men that justify deadness and lifelessness and a denial to humble oneself and take up our cross and follow Jesus. I used to think the same thing. I believed it with all my heart. Then fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. All these, these people in, um, in, in Pakistan that are preaching the gospel at the risk of uh, uh, Pastor John, our brother John who's working uh, with this pastor in Pakistan, he's handing these things out and they've threatened to kill him, threatened to kill him, threatened to kill him. So he left and went to Kenya to hang out with one of our other partners, and they kidnapped his son. But this is a man. John, John gets on, on a Skype screen on his computer. He sits in Pennsylvania, and he preaches in Pakistan to these Hindus and Muslims, and they get healed physically in their bodies right there, and they give their lives to Jesus. Hallelujah. But there's a price to pay. They have to pay for it. And you know what? I think that price is coming here. And, and I hate to say this too. It's probably the best thing that ever happened. How can I say that? It's because I've talked to a pastor in Ethiopia. or Actually, he's a professor at a seminary there. And there was horrible persecution in Ethiopia in the 80s. And I was sitting with this pastor in uh, 2007 or 8 in Ethiopia. And we were talking about persecution. He just looked up in there and he went, I long for those days again. What days? I long for those days of persecution. I said, what are you talking about? He said, we weren't lukewarm then. We are now. No. When Pentecost hits, whoo, when Jesus is number one, really, not a fan of Jesus, but a real disciple, there's stuff that snaps and crackles and pops around that person's life. And people go, wow. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one, in one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all people, all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. And let me just say this with the communal thing, because there's people who think, well, are we doing it wrong? And we just sell our houses and all, put all pull everything together and all that. No, they, they were visiting from all over the world, man. And they were in Jerusalem, and then this happened, and a lot of them, didn't, I don't think, wanted to go home. <laughs> right? So, and there was a lot of practical need taking place here. So they're addressing that along with the desperate need they had for fellowship and to try to see what the Lord's going to do with all of this. Praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Listen, I, uh, I, does anybody remember the Jesus movement or does know much about the Jesus movement? You know, Jesus is far out, man. Remember like in the 60s and 70s? Okay. Well, I was a little kid, but I remember, I remember this place in Ohio called Grace Haven, right? And, uh, and it was a place where uh, these guys from this incredible uh, 
Bible seminary college kind of place called Labrie in Europe. And these guys came here from there because of the revival that was taking place across America. Anyhow, they started this place, and it was like out on a kind of a farm, you know. And they took in druggies and others who wanted to repent and get saved because a lot of them were then. And they were catching fire for Jesus. And there was a lot of weird stuff happening that too because wherever the Lord's doing something good, the devil's not far behind to try to throw it sideways, right? And so, but, but, but there, was, there was this thing where they would, they had all these hippies and, and, and others and they just came together in the Lord and they would just sit in the presence of the Lord and, and have all kinds of different drama and singing and teaching. And everyone was so excited and more people came and more people came and more people came. It was just so exciting. And more were getting saved and more were getting saved and more were getting saved. I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart are pleasing to, my, to our Redeemer, you know. And uh, anybody who talks as long as I have today might say something that's not just perfect. With, with many words, transgression is unavoidable. But if you hear anything, hear that we are to be the most dynamic kingdom change agents that have ever walked this earth because of Shavuot. And I, and I appreciate why people say, pour out your spirit, Lord, and I want him to continue to fill us and do great things in the earth. But the reality is, his spirit's been poured out. His spirit has been poured out. Hallelujah. And he is available now to do today, I believe, in greater measure than what he ever... Listen, in Pakistan and northern India and some of these places, um, there, there's a fire. People are planting 50 churches, 80 churches, 100 churches. And I know that what's going on in this country is not conducive for that. There's a lot of darkness and bad stuff. In large part, America's time has passed. Some of the greatest revivals in the last hundreds of years have happened here. But now they're happening in other places, and now it's their turn. It's their turn. I believe Pentecost power and the presence of the Holy Spirit in, as for those who are just heart sold out for Jesus is available to us today still in this country that is increasingly under God's judgment. I believe that. I believe that. I believe, I believe we can do some really exciting things as I close today. I just want you to know that. I believe that. But there's a big difference between Shavuot, Pentecost, and dead religion. Even dead Christianity that's not really very Christian. And so... It's going, to, it's going to cost you. What do you mean it's going to cost me? It's going to take fasting and prayer. It's going to be, take a waiting for the Lord and pursuing. I don't think revival comes to those who don't want it. For those who are satisfied with dead religion, that's probably what they'll keep and get and walk in. But for those who say, no, that's not good enough for me. I want Pentecost. Is there anyone today that would say, I've tasted and seen that the Lord is good. And I want more. <laughs> Is there anyone here today who would say that that's what the Spirit of the Lord's doing in me? And he may be saying things to you that I have never thought of saying. I pray that he is. Um, and, and if anyone would like to just pray, I'd like to pray for you and, and cry out to the Lord with you. And if anyone would like to come forward and say, I want, I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I want to, I want to walk in power and the glory of God. Thanks for listening today, and please join me every day, Monday through Friday, unless our Lord Jesus returns for us this week, 
This program is listener-supported and depends on tax-deductible donations to stay on the air. Give to Watch Therefore and contact me through our website at watchtherefore.tv. You can also send tax-deductible donations to Watch Therefore, P.O. Box 564, Pearland, Texas, 77588. Again, by the web, watchtherefore.tv, and mail, watchtherefore, P.O. Box 564, Pearland, Texas, 77588. You can also call me right now at 713-624-0943. That's 713-624-0943. Keep watching for Messiah Jesus.